man. Women's tea, no coffee. There's no coffee at that place. It's just tea. All right. Well, I am, uh, hey guys, how's it going? It's good to see you. I'm excited about Christmas. I'm excited about Jesus. I'm excited about this celebration time. Although I never really thrive during this season because what we've made it, you know, it's kind of like I'm always afraid I'm going to forget a gift for somebody. I always have that secret fear. And, uh, and then I always, um, you know, I always kind of blame my wife if I miss anything. I just kind of say, well, that's her, you know, I'm just kidding. All right. Um, but I am excited about this. I am clicking. Is that me? Boom. That's fixed. Perfect. Okay. I love that I know how to fix that. Most speakers don't. They just struggle. So anyway, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited about this season uh, and what God's doing. I recently had just come back from Brazil. Last week I was in Brazil for a week. Um, we, I went with Global Awakening with Dr. Randy Clark, and we were ministering to uh, many churches over there, and we were praying for the sick. Rick Quans was with us from New Life City. He was praying for the sick. We were seeing healing every night breakout. I think the team had something like uh, seven people were, had gotten out of wheelchairs, which is phenomenal. Uh, we had one healing of Parkinson's on testimony. We had a healing of... Um, Oh man, of uh, Parkinson's and uh, a stroke, uh, someone who had a stroke on one side of his hand, he couldn't move his leg or his hand by the end of the night, he was walking, it was phenomenal, it was amazing stuff. Just seeing God show up, just loving on people, praying with them, and, um, and man, I just, I myself got renewed and re-energized, I, I got prayed by this uh, gentleman uh, named Pastor Joel, who uh, really got touched in uh, a revival in the 90s, and his um, church had just We've seen many, many salvations and healings throughout the city, and uh, he prayed for me, and after he prayed for me, I just felt like this tingling all over my body, not that you have to feel anything to, to know it's God, but I just was like, wow, and so everyone I prayed for that night uh, got healed, and, uh, and I didn't get any wheelchair, I didn't pray for anyone in a wheelchair that night, but I was just like, man, God is just doing something. So I'm excited. I know God is with us. He's here. And hey, if you need a miracle today, if you need healing in your body, why not now? Why not today, right? So we'll talk about that maybe later at the end. Um, but I'm just excited because this is Advent season. And uh, the third week of Advent, we celebrate joy, which we lit that candle for. And I want to talk about not just joy in a second. I forgot to talk about the offering. So... And the joy of giving, you know, and just, just being generous to people, to Jesus, you know. So anyway, uh, there's multiple ways to give. You can uh, text to give, 84321, any amount. It'll walk you through some steps. You can write a check to New Life City and just put it in the box in the back. Put some, uh, if, you want, if you want to pay in cash, use an envelope and put your um, information on an envelope. We will make sure that you get a tax receipt. I know it's the end of the year giving and many people want to, get their um, receipts in for tax purposes, and that's just ph phenomenal. Um, and we are just so gracious for this community and helping us in advancing God's kingdom, and, uh, and we believe in the principle of sowing and reaping, and that 
Uh, yes, there's are people who can use that as a manipulative tool, but if you use it for the kingdom, you'll see much, much fruit. And, um, and so we just pray that, uh, that Albuquerque gets saved, that people in Albuquerque come to know Jesus Christ. And that's our goal, that's our mission. So Jesus, we just thank you for everything that you've blessed us with, Lord, and we just wanna bless you back with it. Thank you for uh, allowing us to steward your giftings, God, and, and what you've blessed us with, not just monetary things, Lord, but in every way, Lord. We, we give our life to you. We recognize that everything comes from you. All good things come from you. And so, Lord, we bless the offering. Father, I pray that it would continue to rob hell of souls and bring them into heaven, that it would break the uh, uh, bondage of poverty and addiction in this city. And Lord, that it would go further than it could ever go in the natural and that you would give us wisdom and discernment to steward it well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you guys for reminding me. Bless you online if you're watching. Welcome. We, uh, we love to see you in person and give you a, uh, a warm embrace. But if your deal is to watch online right now, that's okay. Um, anyway, uh, the third week of Advent is the week of joy. And this week of joy is so important because it's not just about any joy. It's about a certain joy. It's about um, Jesus as our joy. And I wanna talk about the title of the sermon, Jesus, Our Joy, and what the difference is between joy and happiness and between circumstances and having joy through every difficult situation. Now, why is Jesus our joy? Why, what was so prominent about Jesus being our joy? Um, the reason why he was the joy is he was the coming gift to the world that was prophesied about to the Jewish people that he would come as the Messiah to bring freedom, to bring restoration back unto God. This was a covenantal promise to them. And so they had this promise that was the foundation of their hope that gave them faith to believe that their joy was coming, that this Messiah was coming, and it was like a, 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 a joy package for them. Now, this, this happens in the natural often. You know, we, we love our online ordering. I don't know if you have tried online ordering yet. If you haven't, I don't know where you've been the last 20 years, but uh, I remember... Uh, you know, driving to and from work and hearing about this company called Amazon that used to sell books that was getting into clothing and retail shopping. And I'm going, that will never take off. I was like, people are gonna wanna try on their clothes. They're not gonna wanna buy every clothes, kind of fits different. This will never work. And so I was like, I will never invest in that company. It was a great decision. Uh, but but they even now know that... that that there is a psychological association with people just feeding a kind of like a, a dopamine hit through online shopping. Like if they're not feeling good that day, they'll just go on Amazon and find something. <laughs> Amazon will, will even tell you, this is a good deal. You'll like this based on your shopping. And half the time, it might not even products you need or things that you really even desire. But for some reason, just ordering the package gives you a little dopamine hit for the week. Because you know something's coming. And you're like, oh, I'm going to get that. 
I'm going to get that workout band that I was really never ever thinking about, but it's going to change my life. And you wait until it comes, and then it comes, and you got that, the, the doorbell rings, and you're like, I know what that is. Because no one rings your doorbell anymore. No one really comes to your house, right? They just text you and tell you they're outside. <laughs> you realize this, right? When people ring your doorbell, you're like, that's a delivery person, or someone's trying to sell me solar panels. Come on. And if you sell solar panels for a living, I bless you. That's great. Do you? That's great. I just, they're very good salespeople. But you know it's not like someone visiting you that you haven't seen in a week that was like, I'm just stopping by. I just thought I was in the neighborhood. That's not a thing anymore. It is a delivery package. And there is this dopamine hit that's happening when you're getting that package and you're opening that package and you're like, that workout stretchy band that I never knew I needed. And you get it, and then you leave it there, and then you're like, I hate these boxes. I always gotta break down these boxes. My recycling can fills up a lot. And then all of a sudden, within a day or two or a week or whatever, how long it takes, sometimes minutes, you, don't, you could care less about that workout band. You found that place in the closet, you'll never see it again. And then in a few days, you need to order another package. Now, this is a real phenomenon that's going on. If this is you, raise your hand. Okay, I appreciate your honesty. Y'all liars, all the others. You just... But this is a gift that was coming to the Israel people, the the Jewish people, God's people, for uh, millennia. They were waiting for the gift of the Messiah. They knew it was on their way, on, it, on, it, on its way. Now, they might have had some wrong understanding of what it would be. A lot of times they thought it was a political freedom thing that would overthrow from political oppression. And so they didn't realize exactly how this gift was going to come. And then an angel shows up. We already read this verse, but it's worth repeating. This angel shows up to Mary and says this, Fear not, for behold, I bring you Good news of great joy that will be for all the people. This joy, this this hope that they were holding out for is now something they can be totally joyous about. That the coming Messiah is going to be finally arriving. Not on a white horse, not on this like, you know, with a massive army around it, but as a baby. Remember, uh, we just got done our servant warfare series where we were talking about how the kingdom of God is actually about serving one another and serving the Lord. And, and it's not about being the most dominant, authoritative figure, but actually the most powerful in the kingdom are the one who serves. Jesus himself, the greatest leader of all time, didn't come to be served, but came to serve This is so prominent, and that's why instead of him coming as an authoritative, like authoritarian dictator to crush anyone who was opposed to him, he came as a baby, fully God, fully man, God incarnate. And it was to bring great joy. This package is now being delivered. (laughs) 
And Jesus came and turned the world upside down by saying, instead of being the greatest leader is the greatest servant, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And he comes to live a sinless life, to bring the message of the kingdom and to die a perfect death so that we could be reconciled back to the Father. This was the game plan that was prophesied, but no one really saw it coming clearly. Joy defined, we found this definition and I think it's appropriate. Joy is a profound, unshakable gladness sourced from a relationship with God, bringing contentment despite life's challenges and sustained by faith in his insurances. See, joy is often correlated with happiness, but how many know that joy is way different than happiness? Happiness is temporary. Happiness is a dopamine shot. But joy is this sustained gladness, not sourced by anything physical, but by your relationship with God. That you're content no matter the circumstance and no matter life's challenges, that you're content, that you're sustained because you have faith in him and his promises. Another definition, or someone says it this way, joy is gratitude rooted in grace no matter the circumstance. The source of joy kind of starts with gratitude. Being grateful for everything God, Jesus has done for us. This is an amazing thing. This is something that we can hold steadfast to. No matter the waves, we do not get overcome by our circumstances. Jesus is our joy. On page one of the Bible, God says that this world is very good. And so naturally, people find joy in beautiful and good things of life, like growing flocks or abundant harvests on the hills or the beauty of New Mexico filled with God's glory. You look all around, you see the glory of the Lord and the joy that comes with that. And people find joy at a wedding or in their children. That's even a, a Hebrew, uh, there's even a Hebrew proverb that compares the joy that perfume brings to your nose with uh, the joy of a good friend that brings to your heart. And this theme appears later in Israel's story when Israel suffered under oppression of foreign empires. The prophet Isaiah looked for the day when God would raise up a new deliverer like Moses. And that's when those redeemed by the Lord will return to Zion with glad shouts, with eternal joy, crowning their heads, happiness and joy will overtake them. And while the Israelites waited, they chose joy to, to, to anticipate their future redemption. So Philippians 4 through 5 says, rejoice in the Lord, whoops, rejoice in the Lord always, again I will say rejoice, and let your reasonableness uh, be known to everyone, the Lord is at hand. And I'm going to skip here, we're going to talk about that, there's that verse. Here's the verse in the New Living Translation, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you're considerate in all you do. In all you do, remember the Lord is coming soon. So that's rejoicing in every act, in every difficult circumstance. 
See, the enemy is gonna try to bring you away from the joy of Jesus. He will try to make you focus on your physical circumstances, your physical difficulties. He will try to have a lie enter into your life. Now, I find that most people lose their joy when an offense comes to them or a lie is told to them, a lie that's not uh, a thing of God, you know, where it says, I will, you know, they make this judgment about someone or they say, I will not forgive or they say, I'm gonna hold on to this bitterness which is a total lie so that, you know, that will make you feel good for a season, but in reality, it's slowly putting you into bondage. That lie is like a seed that starts robbing you of joy. And all of a sudden, that root of bitterness, that root of unforgiveness starts making your heart like dry ground. So dry it gets cracked. Even when you're around things that are good, you don't see them because they don't get absorbed because the hardness of your heart or the dry ground of your heart. You ever see like desert? It's really dry. I don't know if you've ever been around it or not. Gets cracked. Even when rain comes, it's too dry to absorb it. You have to create runoffs when you live in the desert because it doesn't really absorb because it's too hard. And sometimes these roots enter into our heart and become so hard that even when goodness shows up to you, it just falls away because your, your heart needs to be replowed. You actually need to forgive the person that you said, I will never forgive. Someone said it like this, they said, unforgiveness is like drinking poison expecting the other person to die. The reason why Jesus told you that you need to forgive, he said, you've been forgiven much, so you have to forgive much. And he said, freely you have been given, freely receive. Here's the thing, not only is it a good kingdom principle, it keeps you alive when you forgive people. Unforgiveness will kill you. And it will rob you of the joy that Jesus provides for you. Now, unforgiveness doesn't mean I'm allowing you back in my life. I'm allowing you to do whatever you want to me. Unforgiveness doesn't mean like I'm just going to trust you now no matter what. Unforgiveness is, I like, I like it best said this way. It's, it means that you're, when you forgive someone, it means you're releasing them of the debt you feel they owe you. So no longer do they owe you the debt of offense that you have. You say, I'm just gonna release you of that. God, I forgive them of this debt because Jesus, you've forgiven me of so much debt. I'm going to also forgive them of debt. I'm not saying they can still be unhealthy towards me or abuse me or do anything like that, but no longer am I gonna be bound by the unforgiveness in my own heart because I wanna walk in the freedom and I wanna let joy be what roots me. Scam alert. <laughs> sin is a scam. It's a little bit of happiness. Listen, sin will always take you farther than you wanna go and keep you longer than you wanna stay. It's a treat that never really fulfills. It's a package that never really arrives. Have you ever been scammed? We've been scammed. I've been, we've been, you know, I thought I was young. And young people get scammed much less than when you're older. 
but now I'm experiencing more scams. So now I have to say, I'm old. <laughs> like for instance, we thought we were pretty savvy. My wife and I, uh, this is a few years ago, we lived in Pennsylvania, we wanted to get a trampoline for the kids. Not like one of those big ones that are really dangerous, just a small one where one or two kids can go in, it's, it's got a thing around it and all that stuff. And, and my wife looked up the one we wanted and it, you know, from the manufacturer, I think it was like, I don't know, $200 or something like that. And, and she wanted to be a savvy shopper. And so she starts looking for this one type of trampoline and she finds an amazing find for $60. Same exact one. So she buys it, fills it out, and, and then um, I get a shipping confirmation number. Now, when you get a shipping confirmation, you think, oh, it's done, that's, that's it, you did it, it's, it's coming. And then I saw that it said that the package weighed 0.5 pounds, <laughs> half a pound trampoline. And I said, that's funny, Who, who's the sender? I've never heard of them. And uh, so, um, obviously, this package never really arrives. I tried to fight it, and I lost because they generated a shipping label. I don't even know how they did that. Again, I'm old now. Even recently, um, I won't say who it was because I don't want to embarrass her, but um, she got a text that said, you know, we're getting a lot of postal texts now. It's like a new scam. It's like, it says, USPS is trying to deliver a package. Just press this button. And this lady I know, who grew up in New Zealand slash Australia, was, I'm not gonna say her name because I don't wanna embarrass anybody. She was expecting, it was just the right time, right place. She was expecting a package from her mother from New Zealand, and she's like, well, there's gonna be, you know, so she clicks it, and then it wanted, like, you know, credit card information. She's like, oh, well, maybe this is the import tax, because that actually happens sometimes. They want you to pay, FedEx will make you pay. So she thought this is what that was, and so it was just the right time and the right thing, so she puts it in there, and she's excited about the package that's about to come. It's gonna be so good. And then our bank calls us, like a day later. They're like, did you do this charge? No. Did you do this charge? No. We think you might be fraud. Really? Thank God they caught it. But sin is so much like that. It's promising something that will deliver that actually never arrives. And it will hold you into a waiting game or a holding pattern continually to promise you something. I had an email recently, all scams come definitely through emails, and, uh, and it said, please transfer this amount of money to do this, and I just, you know, I obviously didn't do it, but, but it said this, ignore the warning signs from your bank. Isn't that funny? Like they know that that's gonna happen, and they're preempting you, and, and, and this is what, Sin does, it pushes off every warning sign from the Lord. And that's actually a classic scammer thing, is to tell you not to worry. I know this seems odd, this is normal. Don't worry if it's odd, it's normal. And they normalize the odd, and just like Satan, deceives us to taking the bait of sin. Keeps us in a delayed holding pattern of receiving the joy that Jesus can actually bring. Why does Jesus bring so much joy? Because he also brings freedom. 
reconciliation to the Father, but also that you no longer have to fill your life with sinful acts to feel satisfied because that satisfaction is only temporary. See, joy is contentment no matter the satisfaction. So your house will never make you joyful. Your material things will never make you joyful. Your health will never make you joyful. Your, 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 um, your money will never make you joyful. Your security will really never make you joyful. Those things are all great and they feel great, but they will never make you truly joyful. They will never give you that unsustaining faith. See, if it only works in America, it's not real. Like, I'm, I'm gra- I, I love the security, the health, and I'm so grateful. Like, yeah, all good things come from God. But here's the thing. When you have his joy, it doesn't matter. You can go overseas. You can go downtown. You can go anywhere. The economic prosperity might not be there, but you will find people who are full of joy, not based on what they have. It's based on who they have. And that's exactly what we're missing sometimes. We look at our circumstances. We say, how could God do that? How could God do that? It's like, no. It's, it's not about your circumstance. It's about who we have in our circumstance that gives us unwavering joy. When you think about the early church, pre the first 300 years, absolutely persecuted. The most monstrous acts were done to them. Things I would not want to describe because I don't want to put those images in your head. But they were very, very violent. Yet this church continued to grow, continued to serve the Lord, continued to serve one another in spite of that and had joy. So much joy that some people were burned at the stake singing worship songs. Because their joy wasn't based on the fire they were in. And your joy cannot be based on the fire that you're in. Your faith cannot be based on the fire that, uh, that you're in. Your faith, your joy, your assurances have to be based on one person who's God, Jesus Christ. And that is where our joy comes from. All right, we read those verses. Wonderful. Our joy is in receiving Jesus. It's 100% has to do with this. When we make it about other things, and this is what the enemy does, he tries to keep us busy, focusing on the wrong things. When we focus on career aspirations, career aspirations are not bad thing. It's just when they replace what you think is gonna fill your heart. The Lord wants you focused on exactly who you de- he designed you to be. I was talking to a, a buddy of mine. We work out in the morning. Um, it's this thing called F3. It stands for Fitness, Faith, Fellowship. And, uh, and early in the mornings, we work, outside, work out outside. They're kind of crazy. And I know I just kind of, it's a great way of hanging out with guys and, and working out. And, and, the, and, the, 
the majority of them were Christian, but I was talking to one guy who just gave his life to Jesus, and he was just talking about how good it is to do things for the Lord and do all these things. And I said, but here's the thing. You have to understand that nothing you can do can make God love you more or make him love you less. Your identity is what gives you the ability to love him that much. It's actually through his love for you. When you understand how much God loves you, then you love him with that same love back. See, our love in and of itself is conditional. We'll always have conditions because we're human, we're broken, this is, this is our love. The closest thing of unconditional love is our own children where you find that you love without condition and they love you without condition even though you're not perfect. And, but, but really, even that is not as pure as God's love. And the love... That's why, first, that's why John said this in First John. He said, we love him because he first loved us. When you experience the true, unadulterated, unreligious love of God, it sets you free. And it gives you this gratitude to love him back. And you can move in this love. And it gives you so much joy. That's why what was also quoted today during worship was that righteous, uh, uh, I think it's Romans 14, 17. The kingdom of heaven is not about eating and drinking. It's not about physical things that will actually satisfy you. It is about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. If you're missing out on the joy of the Lord in your life, you're actually missing out on a third of the kingdom of heaven. It's that prominent it's that peripheral and when you actually have that kind of joy in your life you want to tell other people about it because you see what they're going through and you see that they are struggling in what they're going through or that they're living a subpar life because they're focused maybe on material things they're like you know it's 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 the gospel isn't just for the down and out and the people who are upset the gospel's for everybody and so you don't have to just go to people who look unhappy. There's people who look happy, but they don't have joy. They're fulfilling their, their life, keeping them busy, spinning the plate of flesh satisfaction. So I'm like, man, I love what God's doing in your life. It looks like you've been prosperous. But let me tell you this. Do you have an eternal joy that if everything was gone in your life, would you still have this rock, this foundation this contentment because you have a great relationship with God. And if they don't, and most people know they don't, they know that they might have all the material things in the world, but they're missing what Jesus Christ brings. There's a God-shaped hole in every man's heart, and until we actually fill it with the Lord, You'll always be searching for other things to bring you joy that will never truly satisfy. And this comes through the Holy Spirit. Jesus, fully God, fully man, lived this perfect sacrifice for us to reconcile us back to God so that our sins would be forgiven, that, that no longer God would hold these debts against us, that we can be in union with him. And then Jesus ascended into heaven and it says that he poured out the Holy Spirit upon us so that the Spirit of God 
can now live in each and every one of us. It says that, don't you know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit and that the Spirit of God dwells in them? And if I said, Paul, are you, are you kind of talking all weird and crazy? It's like, well, you read this Bible. I promise you, I will go no further than what's in this Bible. I promise you that. But have you read this thing? It doesn't appeal to all of our American norms. And you can't control the Holy Spirit. Now we talk about receiving Jesus, but if you have a gift and you've never unwrapped it, you've never really experienced what that gift can bring you. And oftentimes as Christians, we come into the church, we know the theology, maybe we know the words, maybe we are even stuck in our pride of our knowledge. But we've never really unwrapped and experienced the gift itself. And if you haven't caught on, I'm talking about experiencing Jesus, not a physical present. Because he's the gift. And sometimes we have the Lord. We, we, we believe in Jesus Christ. We call him Lord. But we've not unwrapped and allowed the Holy Spirit to do exactly what he wants to do in our lives. And it usually is because even though we've received Christ, we're still believing a lie that's holding us back. Sometimes these lies are very tricky. Sometimes it's like, God can't use me. Sometimes it's like, I'm not qualified. Sometimes it's like, I've really not loved. I know I say I'm loved, I know I, I, but I've never really honestly broke open the, the door to say I'm loved. There's these lies that are holding us back from receiving the gift. Sometimes it's theological. Sometimes we think, well, the Holy Spirit, he, he did his thing for salvation and that's all he's gonna do. When the Bible kind of takes it past that, go past the Gospels, go into the Corinthians. The same Spirit of God is still with us. And there's some things that he can do, like use your life to pray for someone who's sick and God could heal them. Not everyone will get healed, but it doesn't stop us from praying because some people do get healed. Or people getting set free from demonic torment. I was in Brazil a year ago. We'll end really soon, but I was in Brazil a year ago and I was having some really tough breakthrough. I was praying for people. No one was getting touched or freedom or, or, or healed of sickness. And the Lord, I just felt like the Holy Spirit said, Paul, we were in a church. He said, come against every demonic torment in this room when I was in Brazil. I said, what are you talking about, Lord? He said, there's an infection. And before you heal a wound, you clear the infection. Some people, they wanna get healed emotionally. They wanna get healed physically. They're, they're asking me to do it. But there's demonic torment. There's an infection in the wound. And you can't suture up a wound with an infection in it. So I told the people that. And I said, this is what we're gonna do. If you need healing in your body or you need deliverance or whatever it might be, I want you to stand up. And then I just prayed, Holy Spirit, we just ask you to come. 
It's not me who does this, it's you. It's not me who gets the glory, it's you. This is not about Paul Martini. I don't care if people remember my name. I care about the name of Jesus being remembered. It's not about me. Lord, this is about you. We want you to get the glory. And Lord, we're asking that you would break demonic torment off every mind in Jesus' name. Any affliction of a spiritual force trying to deter, detract, depress, oppress, we break it in Jesus' name. We command it to leave. Every stronghold of demonic oppression, lust, um, uh, lies, we break that in Jesus' name and we command it to leave. And everyone in the room agreed, yes and amen. And then I said, okay, the infection's out. We asked the Lord to release his angels in the room. Look, I don't control angels. I believe they exist. Again, it's in here. It's in here. So I'm not like making this up. I'm like, oh, there's angels in there. Now, I don't control the angels, but I go, I say this. Lord, why does God use angels? I don't know. Why does he use us? I don't know. He's God. I'm not. He's infinite. I'm finite. Right? So, but I, I do what the word says. So I say, God, would you release your angels in this room? Would you send your angels, messengers of God? And so we prayed that, and then we prayed for healing. And this guy's deaf ears, I didn't even know it at first. I just see him, he was like three rows back where Phil is, the, the beautiful haircut that man has with the beard. You look handsome. You're a handsome guy. Yeah, I like it. This man, he was like right there, and he's just weeping, not like, crying like ugly crying like his face is like he looks ugly like you know he wasn't bald but he was he was there and he was crying and so I'm like God's touching him sir what happened to you what happened to you and we have translators come on and he said that uh, he got COVID in 2020 he had been 90% deaf in his ears when we prayed that prayer popped open and he could hear again he took his ear, um, what do they call things out? Hearing aids. And he's, and he's weeping. So we, we had him come up on stage and, and testify. And God miraculously healed him. That is amazing. And I think that God can do that today. And here's what I think. In, in addition to, to healing, and look, I know I just talked about healing, but the topic today is joy. And I felt like this. I felt like some of us, have been wanting to truly experience his joy. But number one, let's see if this, yeah, that's the last one. Number one, we need to receive. We need to surrender our lives to him. What does surrender mean? Surrender doesn't mean that you just give up and you float down a lazy river because you surrendered your life. You're like, I'm just gonna let my body go. I'm not even gonna leave the house yet. I'm a surrendered man. That's not what surrender means. Surrender in the kingdom means that you switch sides. You're no longer gonna fight for yourself, but you're gonna be on his side. You're gonna fight for him, and you're gonna trust him, so you have to surrender your life to him and make Jesus Lord and Savior of your life. And if that's you, I want you to come up to me. If you wanna do that, whether you did it one time and you, didn't, and you, and, and you haven't lived a life like that before, or this is your first time saying, I wanna surrender my life to Christ. You come up to me afterwards and I wanna lead you in a prayer to surrender your life to Christ and pray with you. 
But I also believe this, that some of us, we've made Jesus our Lord and Savior, but we've allowed critters to stay around. Maybe it was a, a, a sin of offense, of unforgiveness and bitterness that opened the door to be tormented. Maybe you've been believing something. I was talking to a friend of mine who recently had fallen significantly, morally. And I said, what happened? And he said, well, I got offended about this one thing and I didn't take it to the Lord. I thought I'd just deal with it myself. And then that offense turns into him living an unsurrendered life, trying to take control of his own life. The most miserable people I know, and I'm just telling this, if, if this is you, you're one of the most miserable people I know. But, the most miserable people I know are the people who take back control of their life. And they wanna control the situation, they wanna control the outcome because they think that if they can control it, that it will work out best for them, but yet they become the most frustrated people because they realize, or maybe they don't realize, but they're frustrated because they really can't control circumstances, they can't control people, they can't control outcomes. It is a lie that you can control it. And they become the most unjoyous people you know. So I want you to know, we need to surrender that. And then I believe we need to invite the Holy Spirit to break off demonic torment, cast the infection out, and allow God's joy back in your life. Allow the Holy Spirit to plow your heart again and make it soft. One of the things I experienced, hey, I'm a pastor. I want you to know I am not perfect and I have to pray these prayers. This is one of the prayers I pray. Oh Lord, would you soften my heart? Would you make it tender again? I've become so hard-hearted. I've allowed calluses to build up. May I be sensitive to your presence again? I need you and I know I'm in trouble when I'm not sensitive towards you anymore. And before anything happens to me, would you soften my heart? That's a real thing. That's a good prayer to pray. Doesn't have to be prayed that way. But I pray that prayer. Why? Because I want him to plow the ground of my heart so that when his rain comes, when the moving of the spirit comes, it's taken in. Why don't you stand? And then here's my last take-home point. I'm not gonna talk five minutes on it, just the last take-home point. Once you receive his joy, you become a joy carrier. A joy carrier. You're the delivery guy. You're the delivery girl. And you go and you spread the joy of Jesus to everyone you come in contact with. Not because it's just an assignment, not because it's something, but it's because it's overflow of your life. It's gotta be. All right, let's do this. I just want you to pray in agreement with me right now that all demonic oppression would leave. We'll pray that first. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you have all power. It's not about our power, it's about your power. 
Lord, and I thank you that you love your children and that you want all of your children to be set free. Your unconditional love is for us. And so I come into agreement with your will for our lives that we would be set free and that we would be whole and that all infection would go. And so I come against every demonic torment in the name of Jesus. I break the power of every demonic spirit in Jesus' name and I command it to leave right now. A spirit of oppression, go in Jesus' name. The spirit of depression, leave now in the name of Jesus. I break the spirit of offense in the name of Jesus. We come against the spirit of unforgiveness and the spirit of bitterness, and we just break it right now in the name of Jesus. And we release all those things to you, God. We forgive our brothers and sisters, and we forgive our enemies, and we say we release them from the debt we feel they owe us. We're not gonna drink that poison anymore. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would break the demonic stronghold of greed, of lust, of fleshly desires. Lord, we break them in the name of Jesus. I ask that you break the spirit of pride in Jesus' name. That we would not be proud in and of our own knowledge, our own understanding, Lord, but we would be trusting in you. And so, Lord, we just pray right now you break that spirit of pride. I command them all to leave this room in Jesus' name. Lord, I ask that you would commission the angelic as we prayed this morning, would you release the angelic into this room, the messengers of God to do the will of God for the assignment that God assigns them for. Lord, would you bring freedom to where freedom needs to be brought? Would you bring healing where healing needs to be brought? Would you bring salvation where salvation needs to be brought? Lord, would you do what you do best? We release what you wanna do in this room right now. Jesus, walk through the rows, Lord, and touch everyone who needs to be touched by you. Lord, I don't wanna, I don't wanna leave the same. It says in your word that we get transformed by looking into your glory. God, may we be transformed as we look unto you today. And now, Jesus, if you wanna participate, just raise your hands. Now, Jesus, I just ask that you would release an impartation of your joy of your peace that only comes through your righteousness by the Holy Ghost. And Lord, would you release it in this room in such a way that it's actually tangible? Lord, we believe and we receive and we experience all that you paid for at the cross. Release it right now, we ask in Jesus' name. May rivers of living water flow from our bellies. I thank you for your goodness, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit, do it again. I thank you for renewed salvations this morning, people re-surrendering their life unto you again. And Lord, anyone who's never given their life to you but has been just kind of waiting and watching and seeing, would you beg them to come? Some of you, Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart. It talks about in Revelations where he knocks on the door and any man opens that he will come in. I have faith to know that whenever Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart, 
that when you open it, he'll be there. This is a moment that the Holy Spirit, it's called conviction, will convict you of. Now, some of you might think, well, I can just open that door whenever I want. But here's the thing. When Jesus is knocking, he's there. He open it. It's, it's not at your convenience. It's at his convenience. And if that's the opportunity, the Holy Spirit, the Lord is after you to come into his freedom, his fruitfulness for your life. I want you to come to the front and talk to us if that's you. So Lord, I bless this congregation. I bless this people. Lord, I thank you for this family of God, this community, and I pray that your joy would be full in their lives and that they would be overflowing carriers of your joy and they would bring it to the rest of the city of Albuquerque, everyone they encounter, and they will point to the reason why they're so joyful. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Come on, let's give Jesus... Let's give Jesus praise right now.